Hello, everyone, and welcome to Smashed, a podcast of gin in the 4077, where we drink gin and talk about the television show MASH. I am Woo. one of your hosts, <laughs> Ian E. Muller, and the woo girl next to me <laughs> is... <laughs> I am your other host, Ellie Collins. <laughs> this gin has hit hard enough that um, I kind of want to take a nap after this. <laughs> That's why I'm drinking a Red Bull, too. That feels unsafe. I'll be fine. Okay. No. Um, anyway. Anyway, uh, the episode six, uh, Yankee Doodle Doctor. Yeah. Um, this is not one of my, I like this episode. It's not one of my favorites, but it, it is referenced in one of my favorite episodes, actually. And I think it's really cool. There's actually a callback to this episode. And I don't know if it's the last episode. I don't know if it's the finale, but it's in the like one of the last two seasons. Huh. Yeah, when Hawkeye is, like, kind of losing it, mm-hmm. he sings, I'm a Yankee Doodle Doctor, Yankee Doodle Do or Die. Mm. And it's a reference back to this episode. I forgot that. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, this is this is the propaganda episode. Yeah. Uh, where Hawkeye and Trapper foil some war propaganda, which <laughs> I'm a fan of. Yeah, I, also just personally, I love the real soldiers, and it cuts to <laughs> them slow dancing. To them slow dancing together. <laughs> yeah. Also, note on Frank, he didn't uh, make a homophobic remark on it. He was just more mad that Hawkeye used his razor. Yep, to shave his legs. Yeah. Uh, but no, um, it. I appreciate this episode because it it was very much what happened over there of them getting caught up in like yeah tell us your story because we have a couple more episodes like this mm-hmm. where somebody wants to tell what's happening at the 4077 yep and it's really just propaganda yep yeah it happens there's three or four episodes it happens through like a news person and then like a war documentarist i i think it's funny that the guy who plays the documentarian yeah uh, ed flanders mm-hmm. has played truman on three separate occasions <laughs> truman yeah, he's from St. Elsewhere. He's fantastic. Oh, nice. But yeah, I, I was like, I do. where do I know this guy from? And I pulled it up to confirm that he was on St. Elsewhere. Mm. And it says that in three separate movies, he has played Truman. Well. You know, when you got a brand. Yep. <laughs> stick with it. I guess. But- I, I love the meta of this too i like whenever shows get really meta you and i have the exact same commentary on this episode my commentary is literally real soldiers cut to hawkeye and trapper slow dancing (laughs) mine says real soldiers cut to dancing (laughs) and then frank isn't a doctor he just plays one on tv (laughs) because he's like well i'm an actor and then i literally have i love the meta commentary on this episode and them not being actors they're like oh i mean yeah i guess we can wing it yeah, like, I, I love when stuff like that happens, where it's just, like, actors on a show are getting asked to play actors, and they're like, uh, I don't know, like, that's, it cracks me up in such a stupid way. It is, it is dumb, but it's fun. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think, uh, I just loved the, like, Frank being, like, the only one with acting experience, and it's like, he's not a doctor, he just plays one on TV. <laughs> uh I I also like that it shows how truly invasive a lot of documentaries are, because mm-hmm. um, very rarely can a documentary be made without spoiling the thing that it's trying to document. Yeah, like, it's, it's it's spoiling almost, the environment. It's almost impossible to make a documentary about something in a way that doesn't 
influence how that thing behaves or mm-hmm. the environment or because by the sheer nature of being there. Yeah, exactly. But then, like, you have them getting frustrated and telling him to get out of the way. The the director literally asking a wounded sh- soldier to smile to show confidence in the doctor. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I feel like I feel like we're a little better about documentaries nowadays. A little bit better because mm-hmm. we can so easily, like, we have you know. 60 second documentaries on our phone of real world issues right now. Yeah. Like, you know, if you're going to make a documentary about insert, you know, recent problem here, you have to be as true to it as all the people who recorded it on their phone. Hmm. Like there, there's a little bit more of an imperative, I think. Um, some people still try and get away with bullshit, like the fact that we have two Firefest documentaries that are wildly different. <laughs> um, yeah. But I think, like, I think the documentary landscape as a genre has changed now that everyone can just shoot the truth at all times. It's much easier for people to share their personal experiences, so documentaries actually have to speak to the personal experience rather than uh, glorifying it. Exactly. Yeah, that makes sense. I think that there's an interesting dynamic in this episode of that because the film they make at the end is exactly what I picture an army uh, post would make if left to their own devices. Yeah, because you notice everyone in the outfit uh, was cracking up and absolutely yeah, they loved, loved it. Because that is that is their life put into uh, put under a microscope and characterized. Yeah. Like, they, they pull those sort of antics when they're not being serious. Yeah. Um, I actually wanted to point out, <laughs> Frank has a great newsreel voice. He does. It, like, like they were picking on it, but I was just like... He actually does that, have a that good actor, voice. Yeah, that actor has a very good newsreel yeah. narration voice. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, that's actually a really good voice for that. And then they are like, you stink, Frank. <laughs> I was like, oh, but he actually is kind of good. Um... Also, just this episode um, makes me notice that Hawkeye is far more destructive and less clever in the beginning of this show. Yeah. Like, when he is with Trapper, mm-hmm. he's destructive. Yep. When he's with BJ, he's clever. Mm-hmm. And it's it's interesting the uh, difference that just his partner character well, even, even the rest of the 4077, because, yeah. like, Margaret's not an intelligent character at the beginning of the show. She becomes one. Yeah. She's a hyper, and she's incredibly intelligent and savvy to, like, how life works by the end of the series. Mm-hmm. And, like, B- Potter is leagues more intelligent than Blake. BJ to Trapper. So he, he basically evolves to, he rises to meet the cleverness of the rest of his troop. Yeah. I just thought it was interesting because like you know just the stuff that Hawkeye does in this episode is just very destructive and I feel like later season Hawkeye would have made the same film but I think he would have done better than destroying the other film. Yeah. Like breaking in and destroying that film doesn't feel like a later season Hawkeye thing. And again, with Trapper just being along for the ride. Yep. And being 
just a shitty guy. Well, if you compare it to the episode where they get the five million tongue depressors. Yeah. And he builds the Washington Monument with it. And then they start making a big... as Just a way to, like, vent and get out steam and show his frustration with supply chain. And then they make a big deal out of what he's doing. So he's like, okay, I'm going to finish it. And then blow it up on camera because that will showcase how it's not important, but you're making it an important thing. Yep. Like that is much cleverer and more sophisticated. Cleverer? Cleverer. Cleverer? Much more clever. There you go. <laughs> but I think uh, one of the things that I think is interesting is when they're trashing on the whole thing and they've, they've destroyed the film and Blake is talking to them, he actually makes a very good point about how much getting to see this would mean to, like, the families of the soldiers posted there. Yeah, feeling like their, like, their loved one isn't home for very good reasons. Like, nobody wants to think that their loved one is overseas for nothing. Yep. And then, of course, with all the silliness of the film that they do make, bring it back around to a very serious and heartfelt moment at the end in true Hawkeye fashion. Yeah, and I actually wrote that um, that that swing at the end is very much indicative of MASH itself, Mm -hmm. where we're laughing, we're laughing, and then you kind of get hit with just how not funny Mm -hmm. this stuff is, that the laughter is a cope. Yep. Um, I did. I did mark uh, a teaser for director Alan Alda. Oh, because <laughs> he does direct a lot of the episodes later on. Yeah. 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 Which is funny. Uh, <laughs> just he does this episode and then goes, you know. Hey, hold on. <laughs> I have an idea. What if um, I directed an episode of Mash? I'm sure the first time that was brought up, they were like, uh. <laughs> oh no, he's a very competent performer. Um, I did love the Marx Brothers bit. Yeah. I just, I have a soft spot in my heart for the Marx Brothers. Um, also, I wrote, uh, when they were toasting, uh, you ever drink Bailey's from a shoe? <laughs> you ever drink Bailey's from a shoe? <laughs> oh my God. Uh, but no, this is a good episode. It's, it it's kind of reinforcing though that the early episodes, I feel like were so quick in terms of like what the plot is yep they they were very shallow yep um it feels hard to give a lot of commentary on that episode because so much of it is action and gag mm -hmm. and then it's over you're just like oh okay well um yeah hmm (laughs) i think that the point of that episode is really well delivered though i think that the what they're trying to say about war propaganda and the the military machine is poignant if uh ham-fisted? yeah ham-fisted well just reuse that phrase from last episode i think we're gonna be using that phrase a lot to be perfectly honest probably through at least the first season if not two it gets I think that it becomes much more of the series that I truly love before Blake leaves. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't hit its stride until Potter is there. Yeah. I have my feelings about Blake because I love the actor and respect him so much. Yeah. But, like, 
Blake... I, I've said before, I don't like characters whose sole purpose is to stand in the way of plot. Mm-hmm. And it feels like that's all Blake is most of the time. Is he's just there to be the hapless CO. Yeah. He's not really a character. He's not mm-hmm. serving the plot in any kind of way. He's also really self-serving in this episode. He is. Like, but I, in a way in a way that feels uh, different from other episodes. He's a little more, do this because it will make me famous. Yeah. I think, I mean, and in the general sense of what you were saying, McLean Stevenson is a, like, physical comedy guy. Yeah. So he is very much more the pratfall, the bumping his head on the door frame because he's too tall to walk through the standard issue army tents, that actor. So he doesn't have the depth that Harry Morgan does as Potter. He's he's a, what my grandfather called a shoulder comedians, mm-hmm. where like the podcast people aren't going to hear it, but you know where they like bounce their shoulders when they're being funny? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, uh, like ey, ey, ey. when the comedian shows up with the USO troop. Yeah, in later episodes. It's that's the hot cha cha humor. Yeah, like, and and I think that's where Blake, Blake as a character feels like they tried to remind you that this show is a comedy through him mm-hmm. instead of just letting the show be a comedy. Well, I think they do the same thing with a, Frank. A dramedy. A dramedy. They do the same thing with Frank to a bit because I mean, even same hat. I like the actor Larry Linville is great. Yeah. But Frank is very much just there as a foil to Hawkeye. Yeah. He's there to be a problem. Yep. Which, <laughs> mood. <laughs> I am here to be a problem. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to need a nap after this. <laughs> That's okay. You can, you can take a nap. I'll be good. Um, that's the problem with recording three episodes at a time. Yeah. Every third episode of this is going to be me either needing a nap or very aggressive about Frank until we get to episodes without Frank. <laughs> um, but yeah, overall, I don't have a ton to say about this one. I think the episode itself is a good episode of the show. It's not like the last episode where it's kind of like, huh, could have yeah. done without it. Yeah, we kind of went from, like, a super gross episode to, like... A very lighthearted one. A very silly one. Yeah, because you go from a good episode to a gross episode to a silly episode. It's like the palate cleanser. They're like, okay, we understood the last one was... (laughs) But then I think about, like, if I were watching these, like, as they were airing... Once a week. If I watched these once a week, the last episode, I would have been like, I'm not watching this show anymore. Mm Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have given this one a chance. So I think there also is something to be said for this is a show that, you know, we say a lot of times that shows don't age well and that previous episode did not age well. Yeah. But I think MASH is able to age well because we're in an age, uh, I'm saying age too much. Uh, We're in a time of being able to binge watch. Yeah. So you see the Moose episode... But then, like, and you, an hour later, you've seen more heartfelt stuff. Yep. Um, so I think it's interesting because it's... The sins of MASH are a little easier to overlook and see the, the overarching heart of the show. Because we can binge it and take it in as one thing. Makes sense. Like, yeah, we can see it as, like, one um, one show as opposed to, like, individual episodes. 
Yeah, that makes sense. Because you can't really judge MASH on an individual episode. Especially right. because the narrative is not continuous. Right. So you got to kind of view it as like one unit. So we're like, we, we started watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah. With you. And because um, I've already seen it. And Brooklyn Nine-Nine is definitely a show where there will be some episodes where when it was airing once a week, you'd be kind of like, Ugh. And then, but when you view the show as a whole, it's a different thing. Hmm. I think at least. No, I agree. I think it's interesting. There's actually a lot of correlations between the two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because politics and else aside their shows about problematic things that highlight why those things are problematic in ways that are hilarious yeah like i think i think brooklyn 99 uh tells a lot of those issues through comedy yep. uh, but kind of how i keep comparing this to scrubs which actually that was in my facebook memories it was like seven years ago i made a post like two days ago that was uh scrubs is the modern day mash holy shit <laughs> so i well, still then. i still keep that opinion seven yep. years later but like scrubs uh very much deals a lot with like the issues with the medical system like yeah. them having to bounce people from the hospital because they don't have insurance and none of the doctors want to do that yep so it it's uh pointing the villain in a different direction but it's that same laughing to to be able to talk about the bad thing hmm yeah yeah <laughs> i haven't watched much of scrubs either so that's gonna be our next watch through when we finish brooklyn 99 we <laughs> <laughs> would just make it our next watch through after mash and do, we'll a, do a podcast on scrubs oh god that's oh there's a lot to be said about scrubs <laughs> No, like in a good way. The fucking Brendan Fraser episode is the most heartbreaking thing I've ever seen on television. Mm. I, oh, it. You know, Scrubs is a good show when one's the most innocuous sentence ever can fucking destroy you, and that is, "Who are you talking to?" Oh yeah. It oh, it hurts. Um, and I feel like Mash um has a couple moments like that. But none that really, like, MASH balances the comedy and the tragedy so well that there's no, like, points of MASH that really just, like, destroy my heart outside of the finale. Outside of the ending of the show. Because yeah. that that was meant to hurt. Yep. But there's no real episodes that stand out as, like, the episode that broke me. Mm, like Because it's not, at its core, like... Scrubs is a funny show, but it is also a it is a very serious drama at times. Mm -hmm. Whereas Mash is just more of a comedy. Yeah, and they do they do tell about heartache and sorrow and horrible things happening, but they do it through a lens of using comedy as your coping mechanism to get through those things because you can't if you stop and dwell on them, you'll break. Yeah, exactly. Versus Scrubs, they're given the opportunity to break. Yeah, um, very much, especially with Doctor Cox. That makes sense. Yeah, I we need to. I need to still do my list of uh, Scrubs to Mash characters because I feel like there, there is very much a one to one. Hit, hit me. We got time. To, we got time to spare, and we're not really talking oh, about crap, the episode we do. anymore. 
crap we do. <laughs> like, was, yeah, like that episode was shallow and really short. Yeah. Um, well, that episode was short in terms of like the story it presented. Yeah. Because um, it's basically, let's make a documentary. Scratch that. Let's make a documentary again. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, you have JD and Turk, okay. who are clearly Hawkeye and BJ. Yep. Very much so. Including married and loves his wife, yep. Turk. Uh, <sighs> Elliot is Houlihan. Okay. Very obviously. Yep. Like, Elliot doesn't sleep her way to the top like Houlihan does. Um, <laughs> but... It, it is also her parents are like geniuses in the medical field. Uh, and, yeah. You know, it's that family generational aspect of it. Dr. Cox kind of waffles because there's not really a doctor that outranks Pierce that is antagonistic and a mentor. So I feel like Potter. Not in the way Dr. Cox is to JD. It's Dr. Cox is to JD a marriage of Potter and Charles and a little touch of Frank. That's what I was going to say. Potter and Um, Charles. And Janitor is a touch of Frank, but with a little bit of. uh... Yeah, you're finding a Reddit article where it says (laughs) MASH influence scrubs. I'm not the only one. You are not the only one who's there. There are literally dozens of us. Um, but Carla also has shades of Houlihan. I feel like it's a modern makeup of a medical team as opposed to, um, MASH is very like one of every demographic. Yeah. Um, whereas Scrubs is one of every demographic for the time it was made. Yep. But you can see the traces of the MASH characters throughout them. Yeah. Interesting. And also more female characters in Scrubs. Yeah, the, you you get you get a couple of nurses who have standout personalities on Mash, but no one. The problem is they recycled actors so frequently. Uh-huh. You didn't get a chance for there to be anyone permanent. Yep, it feels like very much the casting calls of whoever can show up that day. Yeah, which which I've experienced because like if you um. If you watch the originals, I'm on that as a daywalker vampire. Uh, And it was very much like the daywalkers, there were 10 of us and we were consistent throughout the whole show. But when it comes to the other vampires of New Orleans, it was kind of whoever could show up that day. So you rarely see the same person consistently between episodes. Hmm. Um, And that feels like what they did with MASH, where it was just like casting call for army nurses show up <laughs> and i feel like it was yeah are you are you reading that reddit thread i'm scrolling the through it there's actually a couple threads about it and they're all basically being like scrubs is this that generation's because scrubs is our generation but yeah we you know we're millennials elder millennials Ooh, i don't like that word <laughs> um our generation's version of mash yeah it, oh, yeah, no, there's even, like... Ah, <laughs> uh, an entire are, website. Uh, I told I told you it wasn't just me. There's Yep, there's I an entire you. blog dedicated to it. Yep. I bet if we uh, took the time, we could even uh, pair MASH episodes with Scrub episodes. 
for like message and basic plot outline. I would be willing to start watching Scrubs. Yeah, because you remember enough about MASH episodes to be like, oh, this is exactly like such and such episode in season three. Scrubs wiki. MASH. The Scrubs wiki. Oh, there there are MASH references in Scrubs. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Where young JD plays Hula. Yes. <laughs> of course JD would play uh, Houlihan. And his dog plays Frank Burns. Oh, of course. That means he kissed his dog. There are three episodes, three separate episodes that reference MASH and Scrubs. Yeah. And everyone, I remember when those episodes happened thinking like, oh, that's kind of a send up to an old show. And then like thinking about it later, it's like, oh, I think you were directly influenced by this. This wasn't like you were making a medical show. And decided to give some honor to MASH. Like, Multiple it, people refer to JD as Radar, apparently. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, there's lots of references. Uh, according to Bill Lawrence, who was a big fan of the show, the style of Scrubs was inspired by MASH. I fucking said it. The title and plot of Scrubs episode My Fallen Idol is has clear... My Fallen Idol has clear similarities to the MASH episode Fallen Idol... And yep. Zach Braff, Don- Donald Fison, and Faison. Faison, sorry, I swear to God, and John C. McGinley recreated the Mash TV Guide cover from 1976. Yep. So it was one of those. It very much became a marketing point to reference it, but I think like from yeah. its inception, yeah, I think from its inception, it was a Mash dedication. You know. Yeah. You're looking at the TV Guide cover. It's and it's and they have Hawkeye. the original cover, Hawkeye, BJ, and Potter. Yep. Yep. Look at that. Very much so. Oh, I recommend looking up that picture. It's heartwarming. Yep. I'll I'll put a I'll find it and put a link to it in the show notes if I remember to. Scrubs was like like how a lot of people from our generation talk about like what what the show Friends meant to them. Uh, that was me and Scrubs. I don't know why. I never wanted to go into the medical field at all. I hated Friends. <sighs> I mean, that's the hot take now. Nah, Actually, it's lukewarm. It's lukewarm. So many people say that now. I just but didn't I mean, like, like it. but I mean, like when, uh, like, because I liked Friends because I was a latchkey kid and it was on TV. Uh, <laughs> that's fair. Uh, but um, Scrubs was like that was the thing that I would like hurry up to go watch you know like where you're from the other room and hear it starting and so you run into the living room yep that was me and scrubs i don't know why i like i am absolutely not uh into medical stuff at all it is not my jive i am very terrified of any and all medical situations <laughs> uh as evidenced by saying on the surgical table it's just like on match yeah that yeah uh I'm very grateful that none of the nurses heard me say that. Uh, but, you know, anesthesia makes you loopy. <laughs> but um, I I think there there is really something to be said for every generation needs that kind of story. Mm. Um, but I don't know what this what Gen Z's version of it would be. I think we'd need to wait another like 20 years. Before we could really have something. That is similar. I mean, Brooklyn Nine-Nine comes close, but they don't really deal with the dark topics as much. They do a little bit later on, but it's very pick and choose. Yeah. Like, 
we haven't gotten to it yet, so minor spoilers for you, I guess. There is an episode where Terry gets profiled because he's out of uniform. Oh, I've seen. I've actually seen that episode. Okay, that's the that's the only bit of Brooklyn Nine Nine I had seen before. Yeah, so like they deal with that a little bit, but not to the level that Mash did. And yeah. I think, and also this generation refers to Brooklyn Nine Nine as copaganda. Um. That's because they don't understand that it's actually showcasing what everything that's wrong with how there, police. There's uh, a lot of pointing out what's wrong, so wrong with the police. <laughs> um, but there's not a, a medical uh, dramedy for this generation yet. Oh, med- yeah. Yeah. Which is weird because I, I don't think we could really do a Scrubs again. They tried to do a season without the main cast and it was terrible. Um, but. I don't know. I feel like we, we need to wait a couple more generations. Probably, yeah. Because I can't think of a of a medical... Because, you know, the Korean War was a big deal for that generation. Um, general modern medical and insurance issues are big for our generation. Yeah. That, unfortunately, hasn't really changed. I guess maybe you could do a COVID dramedy. Because now we've been dealing with this... Almost as long as the Korean War. Hey, oof. So you know you could do a dramedy about that, but I think we're we're too close to it. Kind of kind of like um how Mash was years after the yeah. war ended. I don't think they could have made Mash in the middle of the war. People wouldn't have been able to laugh at things. No, no, and I mean Mash was as much commentary on the Vietnam War as it was the Koreans. So yeah, but. Well, yeah, on that sunny, bright note, <laughs> I am going to take a nap. <laughs> okay. Uh, if y'all can think of a modern TV show that you would compare to MASH like we think Scrubs is similar, uh, let us know by yeah. messaging one of us on Twitter. You can find me, Ian E. Muller, at Ravnos on Twitter. R-A-V-N-O-S. Yeah. And you can find me on Twitter at Ellie underscore A underscore Collins. Uh, tweet at me any mash love i love talking about mash love referencing mash and scrubs um can't wait for you to have to watch through all that you're gonna be like this is just like on mash when blah 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 blah. yep i'll pull all the the references and you'll be like okay shut up and enjoy the episode i'll be like can you please just watch uh but yeah so thank you guys so much for joining us we are always so thrilled to have you um and I guess that is it for us on this time. It's time to take a gin nap. <laughs> That's like the that, fourth time you said that. Yep, because I'm very. I my eyelids are super heavy right now. I'm <laughs> I'm blinking asymmetrically. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, so on that note, thank you all. Bye, folks. Bye. <laughs>